What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Perez, along with Anthony Florentino. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Daily Dose CBD Inc. They've given all Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders at their website, DailyDoseCBDInc.com. Just use promo code MONKEYMIND15 at checkout. That's DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15, no spaces, for 15% off your orders. This is episode 40 featuring Kaylee Hutchison, who plays in the NWHL for the Metropolitan Riveters. Let's get into the episode. Okay, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, for everyone listening, if you can introduce yourself and tell them who you are and sport you play and all that. All right. Well, I'm Kaylee Hutchison. Um, I play for the Metropolitan Riveters um, Professional Women's Hockey League, um, the NWHL. I'm forward, and I'm also a nursing student, and I own a um, spring-summer tournament team for youth girls hockey. Awesome. Yeah, so you actually are first professional women's hockey player. Wow, I'm yeah. so awesome. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so you're paving the way. That's awesome. Also, talk about what you've got going on with um, your girls' tournament, um, tournament organization you guys got going on over there. Yeah, so um, I started it with my best friend back in probably like 2017. We kind of started off small doing like local camps um, in Long Island. And then we had a bunch of girls at the 2006 birth year level and we decided to do a team with them and then U17. And ever since then we've grown, we've had, we have like over 300 girls now, multiple teams at every birth year. We're going to Canada, we're going all over the US. So definitely exciting, a lot of work, but it's, you know, really promising to see, you know, how, how much women's hockey has grown since I've been playing. And the whole point of doing this was to give girls another opportunity that, you know, we didn't really have when we were younger. So that's the most important part. And I definitely feel like it's, you know, doing its part. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, taking action and as someone who's been through it before and, you know, someone who's played at the highest level, it's great that it's coming from you and that you're taking this initiative. So that's awesome. Thank Um, you. But we've talked about obviously, um, then the NWHL bubble talk about that too for those listening so they have an idea of what's going to go on over there and um, you know just kind of uh, the format yeah definitely um, so uh, sorry did I disconnect I think no I you're good okay, okay, okay sorry someone called me um, so for those who don't know the NWHL is the professional women's hockey league in the U.S. and now in Canada there's six different teams Toronto Boston Buffalo Connecticut Minnesota and then us in New Jersey the Riveters so we're going to a bubble in Lake Placid for two weeks it's round robin everyone plays everyone for seeding and then playoffs start the bottom two teams are eliminated and then we have the two semifinal games in the finals and the semifinal games and the final game will be on NBC Sports which is such a huge um, impact for women's hockey just to be broadcasted on national television um, you know we had like the USA team during you know um, the NHL 
uh, skills and all-star weekend, but um, we really haven't had, you know, enough girls professional women's game highlighted on national television. So that's definitely the biggest um, impact from this bubble. Yeah, that's incredible. Is there a um, set date that they have for that game and when it's going to air? Or yeah, has, it, has so, that not been decided yet? Nope, it's um, it's going to be February 5th and 6th okay. on NBC Sports. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Well, mm-hmm. congratulations, and that's a huge opportunity. I hope you guys um, make it to those games. That'd be, that'd be fantastic for you guys, and that's just unreal exposure, so that's great. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. Hopefully we make it. Yeah, no, best of luck. Um, yeah, obviously kind of segueing and shifting gears a bit. Um, obviously, this is an athlete for, you know, talking about athletes and um, a platform for athletes talking about mental health. Sorry. Um, what were some of the stuff that uh, you struggled with um, throughout your life? And, you know, talk about, I guess, you know, the correlation with hockey and if it played a role or, you know, if hockey helped you kind of uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like for anyone, right, getting to the highest level is definitely growing. You're constantly competing with other people, constantly comparing yourself to other people. And I had a really unique situation, obviously having two brothers who play hockey as well. Um, Honestly, the biggest burden for us throughout this process was on my family. When we were younger, my mom had lost her job and she made a lot of money and she was kind of the main reason why we were able to play hockey. So going into my junior high school, um, we were really struggling as a family, but my Parents, you know, worked really hard, still put us all three kids through prep school. um, And that was the biggest thing. So something that I struggled with the most was I just wanted to give back to my parents and, you know, get a full ride so that they didn't have to, you know, keep putting out money for me. So that was something that I always carried on my shoulders. Um, And my going into my senior year of high school, I was verbally committed to um, a school. And then going into that senior year, they actually told me that they're going in a different direction and that I wasn't um, a part of it and that I wasn't really good enough to play division one hockey. So um, that was probably the hardest thing that I, you know, experienced through hockey because, you know, I had everything I wanted going into senior year and then it was taken from me unexpectedly. And, you know, I felt disappointed in myself and more disappointed not in the hockey sense but more that I you know lost a full ride like what was I going to do so um that senior year was really difficult for me and you know watching my parents struggle but still managed to pull off everything for us so um Maine came into my life and you know um you know they ended up making it happen for me and my family so I was really grateful but I struggled immensely with that and having two brothers who also, you know, got full rides to go play. It's, it was like, I was comparing myself to my brothers a little bit and it was just kind of just a tough time. I, you know, I, it's hard to even talk about, but um, I struggled immensely with that. So, you know, obviously, you know, being paid to play hockey now is amazing. um, But that that situation specifically really um, was probably the hardest thing I've gone through in hockey and in life, probably. Yeah, well, it's awesome that you you know are being open and talking about that because I I think well I know it's going to help out a lot of people who maybe go into the same situation as you don't really hear about the stories of you know so, stories like yours. It's always 
the people who just kind of had the full ride and go and play on and whatever, but you had the full ride and it was taken away and then you got another opportunity. And, you know, from the time that we spent together at Maine, you were always such a hard worker. And, you know, that was such a, a great attribute that you had and um, it showed in everything and, you know, juggling nursing school and then, uh, you know, with practices and I just always saw you working hard and that's awesome that you were, you know, you had th that attribute and it shows on the ice too. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I, I, I know, um, you know, carrying that burden, it probably wasn't easy. And, um, it's just incredible that you're able to get paid to play the game now. Um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, if you don't mind, I just talk about some of the things that maybe, you know, was it like an anxiety thing that you kind of suffered with in that time? Or was it just kind of the over, overall weight of everything that was keeping you down? And what were some of the ways that, you know, um, have you cared to share how you sort of struggled with it? Yeah, well, you know, I think it, you know, affected me in a lot of different ways. Like, obviously, going into your senior year, losing, you know, the one goal, especially for women's hockey, like at that time, really, the NWHL wasn't a thing. And the only goal that we really had was to play on the Olympic team or play in a like a division one school. So losing the division one school at that point was like the worst possible thing for me. Um, in addition to the, you know, burden of, you know, not being really able to afford a school. Um, so that hurt my playing too, like losing that scholarship and having everyone know, because obviously when you commit, you like announce it to everyone and it's like a big deal. So I think I was more embarrassed and I lost a lot of confidence and it definitely hurt my game going into that senior year. Um, but in terms of like life, you know, it was hard that summer too, because like everyone pays for like the best trainers, paid to go on the ice, do a bunch of things. And we really didn't have that luxury. My dad got a job. He's a retired New York City police officer. He got a job at a pro shop. We got free ice all the time. So me and my brothers would skate together, um, you know, but I didn't really have the luxury of doing the things that I needed to do to prepare myself. So I would like go to the high school and run stairs and make box jumps or do box jumps on like the most random things that I could find just to make that goal happen. Um, so when I say like I struggled comparing myself to others, like, you know, people were getting the things that I wanted and I just couldn't physically or, you know, I couldn't afford the things that they were doing. So it was, it was just kind of figure out how to guide myself to get that goal back. And um, luckily it, it happened for myself, but um, without my brothers supporting me, I would have, I, I don't know if I would have gotten to this point really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have a question. So um, I was just looking at it, the women, the NWHL, it was uh, fifteen, sixteen was the first year. Mm -hmm. So when that was announced, did that change your perspective on, um, you know, because obviously now you have an option to play professionally rather than just that gold medal mm -hmm. and the Olympic team and whatnot. So did that change your perspective on, you know, maybe not as much stress or more stress now that you have an option to, you know, help financially because of the professional aspect of it or where you kind of like get a sense of relief now that you have that option just kind of stuck with it and whatnot yeah so when I was 
when I got at Maine that summer, when we were training in like July, that was like the first time we had heard about it and they released it. So for me, it was just another option because when you go in as a female athlete, when there is no professional outlet, like it kind of seems impossible to make the Olympic team when there's so many girls that, you know, are trying to be that spot. Um, so it just gave me hope that I can, you know, continue to play like four years wasn't going to be it. And that was kind of my goal with school, right? Because I feel like you get to the division one level and you've been working for that for so long. And it's like, okay, you're here. What do you do now? Like, what do you work for if this is the end? So, and it kind of helped me keep that like grinder, hardworking mentality throughout my college career. You know, I was always on the ice working to work for that moment. And um, it definitely just inspired me to keep going because I think a lot of women before me didn't really have that option. So um, that was the most exciting part that I knew that I didn't want this to be the end. Um, and then the best thing was that, you know, now we could finally get paid for it. And, you know, I could kind of use it as like a job for myself. And um, that was the best part. So definitely inspired me to just keep going. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. I, I've always wondered too, kind of how that affected the athletes who don't really have a professional sports outlet after. Um, how you kind of manage that. I mean, I, I always, my, my dream is to play division one and I felt like that would put me in the best position to play pro after, you know, you kind of like, it's like another milestone. You reach the stepping stones and you can see your dream kind of materializing more. So I've always kind of wondered what that would be like for, you know, division one women's hockey, where that was the end at one point, but um, no, I could definitely see how the, how the mindset is different when you have that second goal that you can reach now past division one. So that's, um, it's really awesome that they're, you know, making this bubble work and, and doing all that. Um, but yeah, I think um, you have a, a, such a great story. Talk about how, you know, being a nursing student and juggling that, as, you know, along with being a division one athlete, how tough that must have been. Cause I mean, your whole senior year is clinical is correct. So you're in the yeah. hospital involved with that and um, kind of how you're juggling that now as well with being a professional athlete. Yeah. So um, I kind of felt the full effects because so I transferred into nursing my sophomore year at Maine and um, my junior year, it just like kind of hit me like a brick. Like I didn't have time. I felt to, you know, juggle hockey, lift, captain's meetings, this, that. I also worked as like a tutor and a mentor to, you know, help pay for things while I was at school, like my part and whatnot. But it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life and I'm lucky I've found something that I'm so passionate about so while I struggled mentally throughout that time into my senior year um you know my love of nursing really just kept me going but you know it the time management really prepared me for you know just like the real world like I'm going to be a nurse next in within the next three months so I feel like in when you're in the hospital it's you know how do you prioritize patients? Like everyone's sick, everyone needs help. And, you know, kind of going through those difficult situations, kind of put it into perspective. And I can definitely see it playing into, you know, my career as a nurse, but it was not fun <laughs> at no. all, you know? And I think it's tough too, right? Cause you, you're on a team with people with a, a variety of different majors. Like you have people doing communications, you have people doing psych, and then there's like the nursing and engineering players. And you want to, hang out with your teammates you want to you know bond with them you don't want to miss out on any team experiences but you know you have to make those decisions and 
while sometimes my roommates were <laughs> partying in the room next door and I was sitting at the kitchen table studying. Um, you know, it sucked then, but right now it makes all the difference. So, but it was very difficult for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine, um, you know, obviously going back to the thing you said about, you know, getting decommitted and talk about how that negative experience in your life, the lessons that you learned from that and how it impacted you positively. And um, did you find that that experience itself um, taught you some very valuable lessons or are you grateful for the way things have sort of panned out? Like what's your perspective on everything now? Cause I feel like, you know, we've talked about it before the things that happen in your life sort of shape, you know, your perspective and how you look into the next chapter, you know, do you feel like having that happen to you, you know, was a blessing in a way cause it taught you a different mentality or just, you know, talk about that, you know, the lessons that you learned. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm definitely a firm believer that, you know, everything happens for a reason. I think had I had gone to that school, I, you know, I would have been buried. I wouldn't have played ever. You know, I wouldn't have gotten the same opportunities that I did at UMaine, but it's hard when you're like 16, 15 years old and you have everything that you could possibly want. Cause you're so innocent. All you know is you want to play hockey. I think it was like, a, it, it hurt my ego more than anything just mm-hmm. to like, you know, be in that situation. Um, like, I feel like when you're younger, like you're kind of pleasing everyone else, right? You're doing these things, like you're, you know, trying to keep up with everyone and, you know, being from Long Island, there's not a lot of people that have done it. So I felt even more pressure as like a female player coming out of there to do these big things. And um, I think the lesson that I really learned was that, you know, instead of listening to what, you know, everyone says, like, go to BC, go here, do this. Like, I learned to like, listen to my heart and, you know, start paying attention to what people were actually telling me, you know, not getting caught up in, you know, what could be and, you know, just being realistic and having my own goals and seeing what's best suited for me, not trying to like follow the norms of everyone else. Um, And just like believing in myself too, that was the biggest thing. Like, you know, I've, I've, had no confidence going into my senior year and I had to kind of like refine myself and the purpose of playing hockey like it wasn't really fun for me anymore at that point because you know it was just like I had nothing left Mm -hmm. um but you know it helped me learn how to rise above from these hard situations and um for that I'm forever grateful and you know if I didn't go to UMaine I you know wouldn't be on the Riveters I wouldn't I probably wouldn't finish my nursing degree either. So all these things definitely happened for a reason and definitely sucked in the moment, but um, I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is that you're able to kind of admit that it it hurt your ego. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are scared to admit that, Um, but it's it's liberating when you do that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed because this happened to me and, you know, being able to admit that and come to grips with that, you can kind of start to heal and move past what has happened. Um, so I think that's such an important thing that I've, you know, struggled with was just kind of being able to say like, I'm just straight up flat out embarrassed. Cause I feel like I have all this pressure and you bring up a great point about, about the pressure. It's like the pressure doesn't stop because you got the division one commitment. It like it's piled on now, you know, some people are better at that. Like, you know, I, I deserve this. I'm going to, you know, u- utilize this and, give me confidence to be better. But a lot of people just see it as an extra layer of like, I got to prove that I'm 
I'm belonging to this opportunity and, and worthy of it. And that's tough. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, 100%. What are, so obviously with your path, there's been ups and downs and whatnot. And, you know, being a nursing student and uh, it says that you're an assistant captain for, mm-hmm. and you were your first year and then senior year at Maine, you're an assistant. Obviously it's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot on your plate when it's school, hockey, your family, and now, you know, you have that letter and in, ho- in hockey, it's, um, it's an honor to wear a letter. What are some ways when, you know, you're stressed or just kind of overwhelmed that, you know, what are, what are some things that you would do that could kind of keep you grounded and, you know, stick with it rather than, you know, just thrown in the towel or, you know, whatever it may be? Yeah, so I think why always helped me especially after that you know getting decommitted like it's just having a goal for myself you know um I you know when I got to the division one level I was like okay I'm gonna go play in the NWHL you know it was never in the cards that I was gonna be an assistant captain I never knew I was gonna get drafted I thought I was gonna show up and just try out and hopefully make a team but um I think when you're focused and you have these goals like when things go bad you can kind of come back to yourself and, you know, just focus your direction and keep moving in that direction. Um, But, you know, it's easier said than done. There's been plenty of times when I was in, well, still now in nursing school and playing hockey where I question why am I even putting myself through all this? And, you know, for women's hockey, it's really unique because we're part of like a movement, right? Like we are constantly developing this league for, all these little girls and honestly playing like coaching helps so much to like keep myself focused on that specific goal to just grow and develop the game so when you know I'm working as a nurse and I'm still playing it's going to be miserable I'm working 12-hour shifts I'm on my feet I'm going to have to you know go to the rink to practice after wake up early work out but it's all worth it for those little girls who are going to be able to play professional hockey as a living and never have to work a job you know so I think with me that's kind of the main thing behind it now but you know without any goals I mean what what's the purpose of doing things right so I definitely think just having goals staying focused is definitely number one did you always set goals growing up um or did you just kind of have like the one big goal of playing division one or were you always the type to kind of be you know have that structured lifestyle and be organized and say, okay, I got to do this in order to do this. Cause you went to prep school, obviously. So that's, um, mm-hmm. you went at what, 16 years old or 17 was it? 13. You went at 13. Yeah. I went as a true freshman. Yeah. Oh geez. So <laughs> that must've been a tough decision right there. Let alone, I mean, a lot of kids, the average kid isn't choosing to go to prep school at 13 years old. So yeah. talk about like that decision, how, you know, moving away from home and was that like in the cards for a while? Did you know that that's the route you wanted to take or? Did it just kind of yeah. opportunity present itself and that was it? Yeah, I, um, I, the, I just knew being on Long Island, unless, you know, I kept playing with the boys that there really wasn't an option for me. Um, so I actually watched Miracle one day with like my brothers and was like, oh, like Placid's really cool. I'm going to go there. I'm going to make an Olympic team and I'm going to do all these great things. So I've definitely been a goal setter from the beginning. Um, 
I don't know if it was like Herb Brooks in that movie firing me up to, you know, be a go, yeah. like a go-getter. But um, yeah, I just knew that I wanted to go to school in Lake Placid and like the rest was history. My, you know, I told my parents what I wanted to do. They didn't find it for me. I found it for myself. And luckily they're amazing parents and, you know, worked really hard for me to you know, follow my dreams. But it was all me. I think it was more difficult for them um, having me leave at 13 than it was for me, but, um, they trusted me. They wanted me to do what I wanted to do. And, you know, without, you know, I think going any later would have been like a disservice for me. I think I really needed to go as like a person, a player. Um, but it was, it was more exciting for me than anything to like be away from home and like no parents, but yeah, it was, it was hard learning to like do laundry at 13 by myself, but, other than that, it was really good, but you know, I think you need to go when you're ready, and I feel like I've always been just a little bit ahead, like more mature, and it may be just because I had an older brother, and I was really competitive with him, but um, yeah, I knew at that age that I just needed to do something bigger than, you know, just staying at home and playing boys hockey. Yeah. What, um, what's some advice that you'd give to a young girls hockey player, you know, on her way up and trying to get the division one commitment or even somebody who, you know, was playing division one or is playing division one and is struggling with school and juggling a lot, you know, something that pretty much that you would have wanted to hear for yourself. I mean, I, I definitely made the decision on school very early, um, you know, and it was the pressure, you know, people are committing younger and, um, like, I think we had like a, a 13 year old on our, one of our spring teams literally commit to a school. And it's like, how, how do you know what you want at 13? You don't, you don't um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> I changed my major like three times at UMaine. So I, you know, if you're a good player, like people are going to find you no matter what, there's no rush. Um, you know, I just feel like the best advice is to just find the spot that's you know, perfect for you in terms of school, in terms of hockey and social life, you know, if you want to be close to your family or not, those are, there's a lot of things that go into picking a school just because BC asked you to commit at 13, it might not necessarily be the best decision for you. Um, And just be really sure lots of pros and cons lists between every option you have, but don't just be eager with, you know, one school, like more will come and you know, explore every option possible because you don't want to go into a school where you're not really wanted after committing three years earlier. So that would definitely be my advice. Yeah, I think it's a very sound advice, not following the hype and doing what's best for you and um, just getting away from all the noise. There's a lot of noise in hockey. And I think the fact that like they're still committing kids at 13 years old is absolutely absurd absolutely absurd you're doing a disservice to the kid yeah uh, in my opinion uh, i don't think it's good for anybody but mm-hmm. um yeah that's i can't i didn't know that that's still a thing so yeah no it definitely is please and like i don't know if you see like instagram is so huge now like there's like 2013 birth years have instagram accounts and they're like posting their skill sessions on there and stuff it's just it's definitely more pressure now than ever I really feel um but it's crazy that's tough well yeah uh Flo you got anything else 
No, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I really liked uh, your answer about the goal setting and, you know, um, setting an example for, um, you know, little girls that are, you know, aspiring to be a professional athlete now. And um, I think it's great that everything is kind of panning out. And uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, Best of luck with the nursing program and hockey season. I mean, hockey season alone is enough for me, so I can't imagine doing nursing, but uh, just appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been really great. I love I love listening to your stuff. It's amazing what you guys are doing. I listened to Bubba's like two weeks ago, and that was, that was amazing. I know Bubba so well, but didn't know yeah. how they struggled with, so really amazing. Yeah, no, thank you. We appreciate that, and thank you for coming on and telling your story. Um, you know, it's going to be helping out a lot of people, and yeah, you're a pioneer. You're the first uh, professional women's hockey player we've had on. So that's awesome. Thank you again. And um, also, real quick before we let you go, um, where can people find um, for your summer tournament series? Where, is there like a, an Instagram website people can get more information on? Or Yeah, so you can go on Instagram at Wade Warriors, and that's just the Instagram, or you can go on www.wadewarriors.com, and you can find out all the information you need. We have tons of teams clinics camps whatever you guys need don't go in there perfect awesome all right well thank you again um really appreciate it so nice chat yeah, thank you thanks guys all right. see you later bye. every night bye, bye.